Um, as you will see from the program, we're going to be pausing uh, just to reflect on some of the events of the Christmas uh, uh, kind of happenings uh, through the through the uh, order tonight. And uh, just to reassure you, that doesn't mean I'm going to do three really long messages, but I hope to, to cut them down to about five minutes each. So don't worry if you're thinking, oh, no, there's three sermons. What's that going to look like? We want really just to uh, get inside these stories and... Uh, let them speak to us to reflect upon what, what we can learn from it. These are people who were at the heart of real events. They're real stories of real lives. And I hope we can maybe find some connections into our own experience as well. I want us to do that as we look at some of the characters involved. We've just met the parents uh, of the baby. Well, uh, one, actually, as we read, was a step-parent. Mary has uh, said to the angel, the angel's come and said, you're going to have a child uh, from God, and she agrees to that. And Joseph, her fiancé, is a little uncertain. Uh, He needs to be convinced about going ahead, and he is convinced. Both of these uh, probably quite young people, certainly Mary was probably just a teenager at the time, have amazing encounters with angels which take them by surprise. You know, they are, this hasn't happened to them before. This isn't kind of normal for them. These are not kind of hyped up religious types who were kind of seeing angels everywhere appearing. They were just regular people like you and me. But they're discovering something that, that God was kind of coming close to them into their experience. They'd known stuff about God. They were good Jewish people, as we, as we read from Joseph's behavior. He wants to keep the law, so he, he wants to be loving to his wife, so his future wife, as he thought she would be, so he proposes to, to divorce, so that means to break the engagement privately. He wants to, so he's a, a Jewish righteous guy, and uh, Mary, she too, uh, knows something of God's purposes as, as she'd learned them, uh, presumably from her family. But this was way beyond anything they'd known before. Does this happen to us? Well, not quite like this, does it? I mean, it would be unusual to have this kind of visitation with this kind of involvement in such a story. But God kind of coming a little bit close to us, God kind of around, God coming close up. Does that happen? Mostly, it's not spectacular. I can think of my own story and... uh, it's not very spectacular. Nothing about my story is that spectacular, maybe like you. But as I go back and, and I remember how I first became kind of committed to Christ myself, I was aware of that. I'll tell you about it. I was on a, a Christian camp as a young person, just kind of coming into teenage years. And, and as part of it, we had some great activities. It was by the sea, so everyone went swimming. It was, it was just, you know, how it is. It was a, a great time. And every night there were these talks uh, and singing and stuff like that. And I heard things that I knew, I believed, I'd kind of heard before. I thought I would kind of was in it, really. And then as the week went on, the person talking said, if you want to really kind of get to know God for yourself, uh, come along at a certain time at the end of the week. There are a few people that get together, and you can find out how you can really know God for yourself. And I remember being there, and, and, and through those days, I kind of thought there was something was kind of saying, you know, something. I was just aware that I, was, I, I need to do this, and I need to do this now. It be- became significant. 
I didn't see an angel, but I was aware that somehow God was kind of moving on me. I was only 11. I'd wandered uh, from a little bit. I'd kind of grown up with it, and I hadn't wandered very far because I was only 11. But, but there was something kind of real. Well, you might think, okay, well, you'd expect that to happen, wouldn't you, with your background and, and a week like that. But I think it's more common than that. Let me tell you another story about a guy who sat in our house a few years ago. Uh, his guy called Dave. And um, he was on a journey towards knowing Christ. And he, he was talking about his previous experiences. And he, by then, he was uh, uh, well beginning his career, professional career. But he, he said, you know, I remember I was on a, a gap here. We were traveling. I was with a mate of mine. And we were going around Latin America. And he said, you know, I just, I just knew that it wasn't just me and this mate, that somehow something else was happening. I knew kind of I think it was God, he said. Even today, uh, I don't know whether any of you are Radio 4 listeners. I was uh, shaving or something in the bathroom. Hopefully it was shaving this morning. And uh, hearing uh, Paddy Ashdown's voice. You know, Paddy Ashdown died last night. And he was talking in 1996 about a decision he made to leave Switzerland to go to Yeovil. Now, Paddy Ashton was, was not a kind of committed Christian as far as I know, certainly not at that time. But he said, you know, we, these doors opened, and, he, and he, he actually said, it was like someone said, this is the way, go, go that way. And I just knew I had to go back to Britain and go to Yeovil, and that's how his uh, career began. Or more generally, have you heard that word, a word I keep hearing? I love to hear it. It's great. Because it's one of our one of our Christian words, but lots of people are using it. The word is blessed. Heard that? People say, I feel really blessed, you know. They've received something. They've got something. It's a new baby or something's happened. Or and they say, I just feel blessed. And blessed is a God word. And I think a lot of people are kind of saying, I think maybe God is involved in this. And that's our human experience. But where does it come from? How can we feel that way? You see, the Bible tells us that God is not far from any one of us. He wants us to find him. More than that, actually, Christmas says he actually wants to find us. He's come to find us in a good way. Is that believable? Could that be believable for you or for your friends, for us in our day? But if God is there and we're kind of hardwired to know him, if that's part of our makeup, this is evidence of a sort. And we need to listen to our human experience. And if it's true, then it's likely that he is going to speak to us. And if he really wants to get through to the human race, what better way than coming and being with us for a while? See, Mary is told by the angel, the Lord is with you. Joseph is reassured, and we're told by the, uh, in the gospel that, that uh, Henry read to us just now, he's going to be called God with us. Jesus will save his people from their sins. Christmas is about Jesus, you know. Jesus is a gift for each of us. God is near us, or well, he can be, but we need to go with that and reach out to him. Let's continue. Let's uh, think for a few minutes about these shepherds then. 
their story. It's uh, similar in some ways to Joseph and Mary, isn't it? Well, certainly uh, there are angels. God is kind of coming close. They have that experience. But boy, this is big time. This time he sends the choir. This is an event. And the shepherds are in it together. It's not quite the kind of up close and personal sense that Mary and Joseph had in their experience. But the shepherds are given good news of great joy for everyone, we heard. A baby has been born. He's the savior. He's the rescuer. He is Christ, the promised one. He is the Lord. And you will find him in a manger, a place where animals eat their, get their food. And the shepherds are told by the angels, you can be part of it if you want to. And they were. They did. And they decide to go. And they find out. And they come back. And amazingly, we read later, everyone in Bethlehem kind of believed them. Well, I suppose they'd probably seen the lights in the distance. It was quite a show, wasn't it? It's a massive event. Glory to God, sing the angels as they put on the most amazing light display that anyone has ever seen. And what do they sing about? They sing about peace among people. They say God is doing something amazing. And people could get along. That's one of our biggest problems, is it? How do we just get along? Well, we could talk about loads of things, couldn't we? Brexit. And what's behind that big vote that there was? You know, some people would say, well, lots of us might be worrying about our pension pots, our holidays in Europe, our retirement plans. But there are many other people in our nation who don't have enough food for their families or anywhere to live. Or when someone in their family needs care or mental health support, they have to wait months. There's a great division. How do we get along? We could look across the world, whole communities who want other communities to sorry, that's got the other communities to be completely obliterated, and that's not funny, it's terrible. Or we could even look into our own families. Steady. Christmas can make that plain too. There's brokenness, people out of relationship with one another. We just can't get along. But the shepherds hear about Great news, good news of great joy for all people. They hear about peace on earth. And the message is that God has done something to help us with this fundamental problem, to change it and to change us. And it's all wrapped up in that promise of a savior. Joseph was told he will save his people from their sins. How could that work? Well, let's just imagine a kind of typical family story. It's not based on anything, by the way. Someone does wrong, some wrong behavior, wrong words, hard actions. Others just refuse to forgive. Maybe somebody, actually nobody admits that there's been anything wrong in the first place. And you know, we've all lived in, seen these scenarios. It gets locked down, frozen. The ice comes over, the bolts are shut. What's going to happen? Who's going to make the first move? Not me, says everyone together. And we see that we're all in it. Maybe not equally. Maybe some are more wrong than others. But we've all got this thing that makes it really difficult. Makes it really difficult to get along. Makes it really easy for us to hurt the people sometimes that are closest to us. 
Now, what if that wrong in us could be cleaned and sorted by God? What if I could say, start forgiving? And what if in a family, I'm, I'm the wrong when I start to behave in the way that Jesus shows me? What if he even helps me to do that? Because, you know, I sure can't do it on my own. And what if others in the family join in? The lockdown situation begins to open up and the ice begins to thaw. Now, I know I'm oversimplifying this big time. It's much more complicated than that. But you get the point. Peace can come into our lives and into our relationships this way. And globally, if we started to see the sinful way we behave change through Jesus, then maybe peace would be a bit more likely in our troubled world. It's good news. God has come to change us to enable us to live with each other. And it all started with Jesus arriving in a stable in Bethlehem. And it goes on through his life, the things he does, the things he says, his death on the cross, his resurrection. It's all about him. We thought just now that Christmas is about Jesus, the gift for each of us. It's also about Jesus, the gift for all of us. To change the way we live. Well, we've met our last two characters. And do you notice how their stories are quite similar to each other, aren't they? Simeon, this old man that we've uh, just heard about, had been waiting. Waiting a long time. And the wait is over. It's finished for him. He knows it. He's seen what he's waited for. And the wise men, these magi, these mysterious visitors from Iran or or Iraq or Persia, somewhere over in the east, they've had a long journey, a long search, but they've come to the end of it. Simeon, that old man in the temple, was a strong believer. Yeah, God was close in his life. And he'd known from God somehow that he was going to see the promised one of God, the Messiah, before he died. And one day he just knows as he gets up that he's got to go to the temple. He has this sense, I've got to get there. God is pushing him in that direction, nudging him. The Holy Spirit is kind of kind of pushing him in that way. And when he gets to the temple, he bumps into this little family, this young family, and he sees this baby, and then, yes, this is it. The wait is over. And he has, he says, this great sense of peace. He prays to God. He overflows in worship. And everyone around hears, I've seen your salvation, he says to God. I've seen it with my own eyes. And these wise men, these magi, these mysterious academic astrologer types from the east, we don't know their backstory. It'd be good if we did, wouldn't it? There were certainly Jewish communities in Persia that had been for six centuries, right from the time of the exile of the Jewish people over to Babylon hundreds of years before. They've seen a star. They look into it. They conclude that a king has been born and that it's God's promised king, and they head to Jerusalem. Well, where else would you go to find God's king? They cause a bit of a stir when they get there because not everybody's that excited about the idea of another king being born, as we know. And they're told about Bethlehem and the prophecies. And the star reappears. It looks like the, the star came up. They saw it. They thought, whoa, we're going to Jerusalem. And then when they got to Jerusalem, they saw the star again. 
Oh, can you point? There's a star up there. Imagine there it is. They, they saw the star again, and then it starts to move. Oh, I wonder whether we could do it. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's not some mysterious Jedi force. But anyway, yeah, the, the star starts to move over to, 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 to Bethlehem. And they're overjoyed. The search is over. They end up in the right place. Now, how does that connect with us, I wonder? Well, listen to one of my uh, favorite musicians for about a minute and just see whether it connects. Have we got it? I've been traveling a hard road They've been looking for someone exactly like you I've been carrying my heavy load Waiting for the light to come shining through Someone like you Make it all worthwhile Someone like you Some soul searching. Now, I think maybe half the women of a certain age in the group tonight will be thinking, I wonder if Bridget Jones is on over Christmas time. I checked, actually, it is Christmas, Eve, Christmas Day, quite late in the evening. Now, it's a love song. But if you listen carefully to the words, I've been on a long road. I've been carrying this heavy load. And uh, there's a little bit of evidence, which I won't go into, to suggest that this is more than a love song. This is a, 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 an expression of, I've been looking for something, and I've found it. Do we identify with that? Searching. Many of us in our world are there, in that place. It might be a deliberate search, or it might be a vague sense It might follow on from those God is close experiences. That's where the wise men, the Magi and Simeon were, following the path, acting on the evidence, looking. And the good news is they found it. And so can we. The wise men, the Magi, find joy. It says they're overjoyed to be there. They worship. They acknowledge that this is God's king. And they go home different. Old Simeon finds peace. He's seen what God has promised. He prays and knows that what his life was all about is right there, wrapped up in blankets in Mary's arms. Jesus. Simeon too sees Jesus as the one who brings God's salvation, which is for all people the light to show us the way to life with God. Christmas, it's all about Jesus. The gift For any of us, we can find what we're looking for. To quote another great rock song. Our story can be like their stories. How? Well, we need to keep looking and maybe start finding. And you know, Alpha, there's a little bit in your program about the Alpha course. That is a great way to do that. It's brilliant to help us in our looking, asking the questions, examining the evidence, finding the way. But it also helps us to find. 
If you're interested in continuing to, to find what you're looking for, well, can I encourage you to, to sign up and, and come back and join the, the, the group in uh, January when the Alpha course starts. There's some brochures on the side, but also it's in the program. But maybe some of us would think, well, I'm ready to say, yes, I want this for me now. Well, as we continue to reflect, why not just ask God quietly in your own heart, just between him and you. I want to find you. I need your rescue. Take me forward. Here I am. Or you could start praying. There's a little uh, kind of booklet here. It's a, a, a national kind of experiment. It's really interesting. It's called Try Praying. It takes you on a bit of a prayer journey, a kind of beginning to learn how to pray. If you're interested in, in trying that experiment, as it were, seriously, not just for fun, but, you know, if these are serious things, pick up one of these green booklets. Uh, there are some outside. Or do all of those three things. They're not mutually exclusive. Happy Christmas. Remember, it's about Jesus. The gift for each of us, the gift for all of us, and the gift for any of us. God bless you.